Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Conversations on life, style, beauty, and relationships. It's the Velvet's Edge podcast with Kelly Henderson. Trey, I was texting you before this, and I'm like, I don't even know your last name because you're in my phone as Trey Yoga Masseuse God. (laughs) I'm going to take that title. Yes. Well, those are qualifications that you have, but you actually do have a last name, Miller. So Trey Miller is here. He is a somatic bodywork. Is it therapist? Is that how I describe you? Perfect. Yeah. So we've been working together. What has it been? A couple months now, right? Yeah, about two months now. Yeah, about two months. And so basically what I've been doing this month on the Velvet's Edge podcast is having on the different types of healers that I work with. So I've had my astrologer on, I've had my t- uh, or a talk therapist on. My therapist couldn't personally do it for ethical reasons, but, um, and then I've also had on the lady that I do breathwork sessions with. And so you were kind of the final straw to a lot of the healing work that I have done that has truly helped me. And what I'm trying to do this month for the New Beginnings Month is just help people to have an idea of where they could go to get help. I think a lot of people are going through, you know, some, the last two years have been really tumultuous and a lot of people are really feeling the stress of that. And what is so incredibly helpful about the work that you do is that it really focuses on our bodies. And I don't think a lot of people realize how much stress Um, how much emotional distress, anything that you're going through really gets held in your body. And I know for me specifically, that was a huge part of the journey that I've been on is just the amount of stress and distress that I was holding in so many places in my body. And so you've really helped me navigate that and release a lot of it. So I want to talk about what you do and kind of help people understand the importance of doing body work as a part of their healing process. So can you even kind of describe maybe what somatic therapy is or specifically what your kind of therapy would be described as? Yes, yes. So 
Somatic essentially just means anything pertaining to the body. Okay. Body. Um, And so what I do is, well, first there are somatic talk therapists that, you know, went and got degrees in psychology and masters and um, focus on bodily sensations in their talk therapy sessions. Okay. Have people like me who are body workers. I'm a licensed massage therapist. That means my scope of practice is manipulating the soft tissues of the body. Um, And you have body workers that can um, lean more towards talk therapy as long as it's centered around the body, Um, which is kind of cool to think about. And experience in sessions, I know you and I have had a couple sessions where about half of our time we have together is talking mm-hmm. and then the other half is on the table and experiencing the sensations we talked about. Um, and so a lot of work can be done um, to help soften uh, strained muscles or wound up, wound up connective tissue through thought and through talk alone. Okay. Once the client gets on the table, the manual uh, labor component of the session becomes a lot easier because the mind has already begun the healing process towards the body. Um, so essentially what I do is I help people face inner discomfort on a physical level. Okay. Um, it's as simple as that and as complicated as that. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what you mean. Cause I actually understand that, but I want people to understand what that means. It completely yeah. makes sense to me because I've done this work with you. Yes, absolutely. So um, the best way I know I was preparing for this meeting and, and, the simplest way I know how to communicate my heart is that fear remains a mental concept until we address its physical manifestation in our body. So essentially, I think a lot of us can agree that we want to live more in a state of love. Mm-hmm. Right? We want to live more in a state of acceptance and in the state of love towards ourselves and towards other people. But when the rubber hits the road and we're actually living day-to-day life, that idea becomes really hard to embody and to live out. And so it's not until we take the moments of stillness, whether that's through meditation, through yoga, through therapy, through body work, when we take those moments of stillness, where our minds are not preoccupied by activity Mm -hmm. and we can actually come face to face with how our bodies are feeling, which takes stillness. And we come face to face with how our bodies are feeling. We get to the root of the um, hamster wheel of fear that's going on in our minds a lot of Mm. the time. And this connects to, um, this connects to Vipassana uh, meditation, uh, the philosophy behind the school of meditation, Vipassana meaning insight, 
is that a lot, which you and I, Kelly, have talked about, a lot of what is fueling our mental, um, our, our mental drive and our um, monkey mind, our frenetic thought, yeah. is the attempt to distract ourselves from physical pain or discomfort. So we're so, subconsciously doing that? Yes. Like we're feeling the discomfort in our body and then we, our mind takes over and we're like, what do I need to medicate with? Yes, 100%. That's and fascinating. Yes, that, right, that right, right there, what you said, is like a fundamental to obtaining any enlightenment in this life. Yeah. Is understanding that our culture, our society, um, and oftentimes our upbringing um, and our familial environment um, encourages us when we feel discomfort or feel pain that that's the time to run away from it and to distract mm. ourselves. And all these ancient spiritual practices like yoga philosophy and Vipassana meditation encourage us to actually lean into the discomfort. And the only, we can do this on our own, right? But it is a lot scarier because we're so programmed that when we feel pain, when we feel discomfort, that there's something wrong with us. Right. Right. That there's yeah. something wrong that we we need to change or we need to resist or we need to run from and essentially what i'm beginning to describe now is our nervous system response so our nervous system in the face of challenge either goes to fight or flight mm-hmm. we're gonna fight our circumstance until it changes or we're gonna run from it or our nervous system is in the state of resting and digesting where we're accepting life when there's not a threat of danger. Um, So we have this uh, system built into our bodies, but what now studies are showing us is that our nervous system once viewed threat and danger uh, in our environment. So we viewed, um, you know, when we think about it being man and land and beast, we would come across danger like a lion or something like eons ago in uh, the Sahara and we would, our bodies would go into fight or flight. We would either fight this beast or we would run from it. And then when the beast left and we were uh, safe, our nervous system response of resting and digesting would kick in. So this is the sympathetic nervous response and the parasympathetic nervous response. Okay. Parasympathetic is when we are resting and digesting and sympathetic is when we are in fight or flight. Mm. So all of this, our nervous system plays a key role in body work and in living more in love and less in fear because we're now realizing that our nervous system responds to our thoughts. So when we're unconsciously, um, thinking really negatively or when we're, when we're trying to run away from uh, physical discomfort or pain, our mind is like a whirlpool gaining momentum and trying to suck us out of our bodies. And it's not until we can begin to learn how, whether that's through self-love or through seeking outside help 
to sit with our discomfort and to not think that it's something that we need to run away from mm-hmm. and to conquer. Mm-hmm. When we learn to sit with it, then we can begin to actually facilitate uh, growth and change. But it's not going to happen until we first accept it within. Uh, what the quote that's coming to mind for me, I heard someone say this this weekend, is the only way to heal it is to feel it. Yes. And I have experienced that personally, especially with the stuff that we do. Um, and I've experienced it in talk therapy as well. But I think the the thing that I was missing um, on my healing journey was for so many years, you know, I've told you I've done 12 step work, I've done tons of therapy, like intensives and and a lot of them did incorporate um, kind of the experiential therapy thing. Like, you know, I've taken a bat and hit the shit out of some boxes and stuff like that. And, yes. and so I understood maybe like what I was storing in my body-ish. Yes. But mostly I was trying to understand why the things in my life were happening. And so I was really focused on like the dysfunctional patterns that I had learned in childhood, maybe, or the things I had adopted myself, um, relationally, especially for myself. And I was super disconnected to my body. So like, as a woman, especially, I think that we, um, we truly have an intuitive nature. And so it's, it's part of, uh, being a female and, or in a feminine essence. And, even things that were happening to me where my body was trying to communicate with me, I was not able to fully accept that as reality because it was my body and not my mind. Yes. When in when in reality, your body knows. Your body knows before your mind most of the time. Well, and that, I'm so glad you kind of took that um, segue there because what you're saying and what I'm saying is that the battle the battle between love and fear mm-hmm. good and evil if you believe in that black and white of the dichotomy the battle is within yes right and yes. So, so oftentimes we can think our parents are to blame mm-hmm. or our society is to blame and understanding how our society or our family upbringing has influenced us is key to healing right sure. that is important and necessary and huge but the journey doesn't stop there because at the end of the day either we take full responsibility for our healing and our recovery or we're just going to keep blaming the world around us mm-hmm. and what somatic therapy emphasizes is that the body is our own private temple that the no one else knows the physical sensations that you are having today or I am having today, right? That is between me and my inner knowing, my mm-hmm. spirit, uh, what I would call God, but can be called a lot of different names. And when we begin to reclaim sensation, and we begin to live less in fear of it and more in love of both sadness and of joy, of both pain and of pleasure, we begin to um, take back our, our, um, 
birthright that, that are uh, healing and the direction of our life is in our own hands. And society and um, any external can get to us by our mind, can get to us by infiltrating what we think. Um, advertisement is uh, a perfect example of that. They advertisers show us what we don't have and they make us want it. And that's on the level of the mind. But if we can begin to go deeper um, and kind of sink, sink into ourselves past the level of thought and into the dimension of experience and sensation, um, that's closer to the heart and that's closer to our true self, which no external form can get to. So we're really reclaiming the fact that we can heal and healing is done through addressing both the external factors that created the trauma and through addressing the physical sensations that uh, were a product of those original stressors. It's a lot of words. I was going to say that, say that part again. Yeah. Yeah. So our, our healing is both. Okay. Understanding the stressors that created our trauma, our trauma and the sensations that were the product of those original stressors. Okay. So, so, okay. And this is how I feel and let me make sure I'm um, hearing you correctly, mm-hmm. but so do I have this right? Because this is exactly what I think. I think they're all, all kinds of therapy are important. Like yes. the mind part. I needed to do that for a certain amount of time so I could understand the whys. Like I'm also a person that loves the whys. I'm like, what's behind that? You know, I'm just curious about it. Yes. So that was where I needed to start. And that was super helpful. Um, and then I feel felt like over the years on my journey, I had the logical understanding of why I did everything I did, like picked the relationships I picked or got anxiety about certain situations, responded to certain things, but I wasn't able to do it differently necessarily because I wasn't connecting to my body with yes. it. Yes. Yes. That, did I get that right? Yes. Okay. You absolutely got that right because that reminded me of something that popped up when we first began this discussion is uh, the concept that in the West, we view things like compartmentalize, right? Mm-hmm. Like even the idea of, of the, the work that I do being the mind-body connection to more Eastern modes of thought are right. a no-brainer. That's not a, the mind-body connection is just who we are. Right. Like there's not, there's not a, things aren't as dissonant as what we make them in the West. And so we kind of can look into ourselves and kind of dissect ourselves and be like, I have a brain that's in a body and my body's lugging around my brain and my brain's storing. But in reality, everything is, is one, right? So we, what we think becomes what we feel and what we feel informs how we think. Um, yoga is a perfect example of this. A lot of us in the West are practicing yoga now. And 
um, yoga, pretty much the preliminary truth of yoga is that how we think is how we feel, how we feel is how we breathe. So that's why when a lot of us are practicing really difficult postures in yoga and the teacher cues us to keep breathing, essentially what they're saying is don't resist the discomfort. Mm. The deeper you breathe, the more you're going to be able to feel, the more you're going to be able to feel, the less you're going to mentally run away from your mat. So the breath is the anchor in that way because it's keeping us embodied. When, and when we're in a difficult posture, our reflex is to want to distract ourselves from it or to actually physically get out of the difficult posture. But through the breath, which brings the, brings the mind into back to the body and restores physical sensation back to the mind, we create union again, where we're not resisting the present moment and we're not resisting our bodies. Mm-hmm. And in reality, a lot of what we do in life, um, it gives us, encourages us to kind of view, encourages us to disassociate to some degree. Oh, it's so true. Yes. So, so essentially, what, what body work uh, centered therapy, what somatic therapy is, is encouraging us to forget how to disassociate (laughs) (laughs) and to stay present with our bodies moment by moment by moment. The more present we remain to our bodies, the less manipulated we will be by the world around us. If you know anything about me, you know I am a massive creature of comfort. It is one of my top priorities in life to make my surroundings comfortable at all times. So when I found Cozy Earth, I quickly scooped up all of the luxurious bedding and loungewear that I could. It felt very on brand for me, but then I went on a trip with a girlfriend not too long ago where she could not stop commenting on how cute and comfy my pajamas were, which then made me realize they may also be my new favorite travel companion as well. Guys, I am not kidding when I say you will experience unmatched softness and smoothness with all of Cozy Earth's products. The temperature-regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew add comfort and a touch of style to any travel ensemble, and their bedding comes in the most adorable totes, making it a super easy gift to give anyone. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code Velvet's Edge at the checkout for an exclusive 35% off and let them know we sent you when you're at the checkout. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I just had this thought too when you brought up yoga and the discomfort piece that you mentioned earlier, the feeling the feeling in our body is what will help us get to the change. And so if we keep on the yoga analogy, it's like that pose is just is not comfortable. There's discomfort in this hard pose. But where you find change in your body and your strength is by holding the pose and working through that. And so into it and breathing into it, leaning into it versus running away from it or falling out of the pose. And obviously none of us do any of that perfectly, but that has been my experience when we work together is a lot of times, um, like you said, we start our session and I'm updating you on what's going on. And, And a lot of times I'm not fully even sure how that makes me feel. Like, I'll tell you all these stories and you're like, holy shit, your life is insane right now. <laughs> and that is true, um, actually, but I'm coming out of that, thankfully. But yeah, so we, we kind of can talk through it that way. But your first question to me always is, where do you feel that in your body? And I have to literally close my eyes and sit there. And for me, a lot of times it's in my stomach. But um, I can't, I haven't. Now I'm naturally kind of going there because you've asked me so many times, but that wasn't my first instinct. It's like my first instinct is to think my way through it or try to figure it out. And like, that's not helping me because that's uncomfortable too, but it's also in this place of like, I'm in control and let me solve this. And control. Yes. That's the key word in that is, is our egos, our minds want to be in control all the time and in order to come back to um to use mary oliver's words the soft animal of our body to come back to that home um we have to relinquish control Mm. and what is it we're trying to control okay one on an external level circumstances right but what we're really trying to control by by Uh, manipulating our circumstances is our feelings. Mm. So when we can begin to 
sit with our feelings with the help of someone else or with our inner guides, we can begin to finally unfurl our hands and our grip on life and begin to surrender our control and remember that our life is a gift. Right. And we didn't even make it happen in the first place. And with that relinquishment, if that's even a word, of control, sensation is restored, balance is restored, and balance cannot come on a physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual level if we're just trying to feel good all the time. Ugh, I love that. It's, it won't happen. It's impossible. Yeah, right. This whole world, this universe is reliant upon opposites. You know, um, nine day, dark and light, sun and moon, masculine, feminine principles, um, seasons. Without death, there can't be life. The whole universe revolves around this dancing of masculine and feminine energies of pairs of opposites. And what yoga philosophy emphasizes, and what now a lot of body-centered healing modalities in both the West and East are emphasizing, is that um, we, in order for any healing to occur, we have to lean into being out of control of choosing what it is we feel, which means sometimes we're going to feel like shit. Yeah. And sometimes we're going to feel depressed and sometimes we're going to feel lonely and sometimes we're going to feel angry. And those emotions are the key to our growth. Yeah. And I think it's like, I, I can just imagine some people are listening and they're like, well, I don't want to feel depressed or I don't want to feel angry or not, but that's part of being human. Right? So when we box ourselves into only feeling positive, um, you're actually inhibiting yourself from any sort of change or growth. Like one of the things I've started doing when I feel really sad or really upset or angry or whatever it is, it's like, okay, I need to sit and talk to myself a little bit and honestly try to understand what part of my life is bringing that up so that yeah. I can then reevaluate because if I'm not happy, I'm not going to get not happy from just medicating that feeling away. Like yes. that probably means that something in my life is not authentic for me or isn't serving me anymore or isn't in alignment with where I'm going. And so the only way that I'm going to actually get rid of that feeling or move into a new feeling is to understand it or accept it and feel through it. Yes. Well, and that uh, there's a couple of things that you said that sparked some things in me. Um, that's something I tell all my clients and I try to tell myself as much as possible is to remember that say that one more time for me, Trey, you, you froze yeah. to remember that to remember that everyone experiences pain mm -hmm. that everyone experiences loneliness Everyone experiences sadness, again, as well as everyone experiences joy. Everyone experiences community. Everyone experiences love at some point in their life, right? And 
the thing that you're trying to run away from is the thing that connects you to every person you see, which is that we are all vulnerable in this life. And I had one of my uh, body worker instructors uh, talked about intimacy, living intimately as um, intimacy being into me see. Yeah. So we all, we all crave connection. We crave love. I mean, I think to me, that's at the core of everything that we do is we're craving love and connection. And we can't really get love and connection if we're not starting from an authentic place. And paradoxically, what happens, I find with my clients and even with myself when I'm struggling, is that if I can remember that I'm not alone in my loneliness, I'm not the only one that feels pain, that everyone is experiencing sadness uh, throughout their days at one point or other, then I can kind of begin to breathe again. I can kind of exhale. I can relax a little bit. I can feel a little bit more calm about my healing process. And I can remember that if I can be more brave about facing discomfort, that's going to help me encourage others to be more brave too. And that's going to create a ripple effect for humanity. Um, I also wanted to share a couple of metaphors too. Cause, cause yeah, we don't want to feel sad. We don't, we don't want to sure. feel lonely. Right. And I think what keeps us from sitting with those sensations is the fear that we're going to be overwhelmed by them. If we become aware of them and we're going to we're be stuck there forever. By them, right? Yeah. But yeah. There. I fear that with sadness. For me, that's how I feel with sadness. If I sit with my sadness and I let myself cry that I'm just, I'm not going to want to get off the floor. Right. Um, but there's this paradoxical truth, which a lot of spiritual traditions point to, but that the body um, alone represents. So thinking about like, have you practiced yin yoga before? I'm not sure. Tell me more about it and I'll tell you. <laughs> I don't know the yeah, name. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you probably practice it in some form or other. Okay. Yin yoga is, is simply um, doing what it is that we're uh, talking about. So yin yoga is holding stretches for about two to 10 minutes at a time. No, actually so, avoid um, that yoga class because it sounds really hard. <laughs> <laughs> the only ones that I teach. So of course um, they, they suck. Right. But yeah. what happens is, which uh, um, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate to this is that if we sit with a discomfort for a couple minutes, our, our body kind of transcends its, um, its um, armoring and um, its tension. So on a physical level by stretching, and by breathing into the stretch and not getting out of it, we can physically feel our bodies surrendering to the stretch and the discomfort lessening. That's like a, it's a physical sensation that many of us out there can relate to. Or now I think I want to talk about massage from my end and from the end of the client that uh, muscles accumulate trigger points, you know, when our, when our bodies are aching, when our muscles are hurting, um, they, our muscles have the sarcomeres, a quick little 
lesson here, the sarcomeres are the units of contraction of a muscle. So the sarcomeres are what allows muscles to contract and move our bones. And okay. so the sarcomeres congeal into the, mostly the middle of the muscle belly and they create uh, tension on the outside uh, ends of the muscle and then accumulate um, and inflame in the middle of the muscle belly. So that's what creates the knots in our muscles. Mm. And what I experience when I'm working on people and what clients experience when I'm working on them is that when I press onto the trigger point and the muscle for an extended period of time, usually about 30 seconds to two minutes, the muscle surrenders to my pressure. Mm -hmm. And with, um, with trigger point therapy and the specifically the muscles, um, what the client feels and what I feel is that by facing the discomfort and the pain that's been accumulated in the muscles is the only way to release the physical discomfort. Mm -hmm. So by, by actually me leaning into the client's discomfort, that's the only way that the client is going to experience relief from it. Yeah. I want to, I want to talk through, our sessions a little bit so I can explain because yeah. I think what you just said actually I mean I've experienced that exact thing with you multiple times yeah. so let's talk people through what a session looks like but yeah. um you know like I said we we sit on my couch and you ask me a bunch of questions and there's been a lot of chaos in my life the last couple months but we will talk through what I'm feeling that day and then when I get on your table um, there's a couple things that happen. So I want to talk about what you just said first, and then I want to talk about just when you put energy places. But when you are doing massage, there are parts of it that are like a normal massage or like not normal, but like a, what people would expect from a massage. Yep. The point piece that you just talked about is one of the most uncomfortable painful experiences I have ever had on a massage table. I mean, it is fucking brutal sometimes. Like, remember that point I had in the back of my neck? And I, I could, I was like, I cannot, I mean, I felt like my brain was going to explode when you were putting pressure on it. But the more you pressed, you're exactly right. It like, it was, because you did it. How long do you usually do it? Is there a certain amount of time or you're just waiting for the release? Um, you, usually about 30 seconds, um, 30 seconds to two minutes, I'd say. I was about to say, hold on, 30 seconds, no chance. You had, I feel like, <laughs> <laughs> well, had, <laughs> 30 seconds if it releases maybe, but like, I feel like, I felt like it was a lifetime because it was so <laughs> painful, but yes. I mean, it was, it felt like like five minutes to me at least for that neck thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I could have been utilizing acupressure, which I, I hold uh, those spots a little bit longer. Okay, maybe you were. But it's like all of a sudden I could feel my body sort of melting into your hand. And like as painful as it was, and it continued to sort of be painful, there was a release. Um, and then also I had those spots on my hips. I don't yeah. remember, but you told me it was fight or flight, which had been very activated in my life. And it's like I was walking around doing daily life, not knowing that I even had pain there. Yes. But because of our discussions and because of your skill set, you were able to identify these certain spots in my body that the second you even lightly touched, I was like, ow, <laughs> like it, 
It's crazy to me though, because we're literally walking around just feeling that stuff, but so unaware and so disconnected from our own bodies that we don't really even know it's there. Exactly. Well, and we are so encouraged by our society and by our uh, technology-centered living mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. live on the level of thought. We're like that is the homeostasis of our society is to is to stay kind of living like a bobblehead, you know, and you, you have this huge head and this little body. And that that's kind of how it can feel a lot of the time when we check in with ourselves. It's almost like I remember when I was training uh, for the work I was doing, my school emphasized a lot of self-care. And so a lot of classes would be them asking us how we were feeling and how we were doing. And so much of us, we didn't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't, it took us time. It took us time to be like, how, how am I feeling? Um, Because our lives are full of activity. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, and we're almost, our society prizes uh, uh, activity. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think about sometimes how, um, I try, when someone asks me how I'm doing, I try to never use the word busy um, because I feel like it can be somewhat of a brag in our society, right? Like, how are you doing? I'm, I'm really, really busy. You're like, oh, oh that's it's, good, man. That's it's good. so rewarded. A busy's good. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome, awesome. It's like, cool. Right. And, uh, that's just an example of how activity is encouraged mm-hmm. and active physical activity being fueled by mental activity um, and how we can kind of be strangers to ourselves. Again, that the idea that in the West now uh, we're, we're, uh, we're divided into a brain and a body when I, what we were originally designed to be is one, one entity, mm-hmm. but that division happens um, because of trauma with a capital T or a small T and that division at some point, you know, early childhood on, we get wounded enough to where we kind of live habitually in that state of disassociation. Mm-hmm. We think back, you know, to when, to when I was a young kid, um, or when any of us were children and there's this, uh, even though maybe the upbringing could have been hard and challenging and, uh, our families were all very imperfect. There were moments when there was a carefreeness, like a feeling of wholeness and of joy and of exploration and curiosity. And over time, enough uh, traumas happen to where we get, we just get scared to, to feel. And so we kind of start to shut down and we start to just live on the level of thought because it's safe there. And thought again, viewing that as a distractor and as an addiction to um, disassociation from sensation, um, thought kind of becomes a drug and that drug becomes a numbing agent. Mm -hmm. And we lean on it so often. Um, 
I can say a million things about that. But just one example is just like in relational conflict with people I find when I am fighting with my partner or usually that's pretty much the only person I'll fight with. Um, everyone I can keep at enough of a distance where it doesn't happen. Um, when conflict happens with my partner, instead of me slowing down, breathing into the discomfort I'm feeling and thinking about what I want to say back in an intelligent and informed way, mm-hmm. I don't want to feel the pain of the conflict. So what I'll do is I'll raise my voice. I'll speed up my words. I'll kind of distract him by all that anger. And I'll want to, if I'm not taking my time in this situation, I'll want to blame him mm-hmm. for my discomfort. So I don't have to fucking feel it. Right. And that is one example of, of, uh, of what happens to all of us um, throughout our lives is uh, using thought or using other people to as scapegoats for yeah. the discomfort within. Again, the discomfort is the key to the peace, to the love, to the joy. It's not that we don't have that. It's not that we're just being masochistic, but it's that we want to live more in love and less in fear. And in order to do that, um, we have to pull the crying baby within. Yeah. Until it becomes calm and then we can rest with it. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. But We Loved is a podcast about queer history. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, your host. Growing up, I thought being gay was the worst thing I could ever be. The gay history I learned was tragic. Jerry had died of AIDS, and it's like, what is happening? It was survival. That's why it's called survival sex. But as I interviewed queer elders, I realized there was another history that I had never been taught— a history of courage and perseverance. I wanted to take control of my story and not be ashamed of it. And it was a history full of love. The joy we found in saying husband again and again and again was incredible. And while learning this new queer history from my elders, I realized they had so much wisdom to pass down. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. 
From iHeart Podcasts, I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and this is But We Loved. Listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, season five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm so glad you brought up trauma and big T trauma and little T trauma and and also our connection with our inner child with that. Um, Because when I was reading a lot about somatic therapy in general, it references how great it is for PTSD, which I think a lot of people have experienced and maybe we just as a culture try to move through that as well. But just going into that connection with our bodies again, and it made me think about the other part of our sessions that happen very often is you will just lay hands on me in certain spots. And especially, I think I referenced earlier my stomach. And so literally I can tell you, Oh, I feel uncomfortable in that area or that I can be that during our talk session, that can be the part that I reference But when I'm on your table and you put a hand on that spot. um, It's so interesting now because maybe it's because we've done so many sessions together at this point, but I can feel the block almost. Yes. And then when you put your hand on it, it like almost gets warm. And I, I don't really know. It's like, it needs to be acknowledged. And most of the time I start sobbing. Yes. It's so interesting to me because I think people would be like, Oh, cool. He like lays hands on you, whatever. Like what's that, right. you know, but it is something. And I want you to explain what this is because I actually don't understand why this happens, but it is something that specifically my body knows and my mind can't really wrap its, or how do you say my mind can wrap its head around? <laughs> Would that be? <laughs> mm, trippy. <laughs> that was a, that's a lot of mind and head stuff, but you guys know what I mean. <laughs> um, I just, I can't process why it's happening or I'm like, okay, that feels good for a second. Then all of a sudden before I know it, I'm just sobbing. So like, why does that happen? What is happening to me? And what are you doing with your hands? That's, bringing that to the surface? Yes, so many things to say. Um, To start with... um, I'm sorry, let me connect that with the thing I said about trauma because that that is trauma-related, right? Uh, Yes, 100%. Okay, okay. So, to start with, I want to emphasize that Well, I was gonna, so so therapy can can start on a mental level in talk therapy, or it can start on a physical level in somatic therapy. So okay. I just 
make that clear again. We've already talked about that, but um, talk therapy is starting with the mind. Somatic theory is starting with the body. Okay. And both working towards the same goal. Which is what? Which is healing, right? Yeah. So, so someone can talk to a, th- a therapist and the mental relief that they get from that will be mirrored in the body as a sense of physical relaxation. And that's because the nervous system is unwinding. Mm-hmm. Someone can go to a somatic therapist like uh, me in the sessions that we have, and you will start on the physical level and the physical relaxation that occurs will spread to the mind. So we'll have a check-in, right? We'll talk about how you're doing, we'll talk about how you're feeling, but sometimes the healing that actually takes place on the table may not even be totally related to the things we talked about in the beginning of our session mm-hmm. because the body has stored, um, the body stores all of our trauma, capital T trauma, small T trauma. Um, and it's not until we're in stillness that we have the feeling of being safe that we be that we can begin to let those feelings rise to the surface. Mm-hmm. So, what is key in somatic therapy is feeling safe with the therapist that you choose, because that safety net that they're holding for you is allowing your nervous system to stay in a calm place, so that both uh, pleasant and unpleasant sensations can both manifest. Okay. Um, What I practice primarily is Reiki. Mm -hmm. So I do massage therapy. um, And I also, I practice about five modalities in a given session, but a lot of what I practice besides the physical massage therapy is Reiki. Reiki uh, means divine energy. Ray means divine. Key is life force. Um, you would call that prana and yoga um, or chi in a lot of Eastern uh, schools of thought. And uh, key life force is invisible um, energy that is floating around us all the time, that is within our bodies, that is within the plant kingdom, the animal kingdom the galaxies, essentially chi is what is making the world spin and is what making, is what making the universe content, continue to expand and is what is giving life to all living beings. And so Reiki is, um, is a modality, um, it's a vibration that is passed on from teacher to student, from teacher to student, from teacher to student, on and on and on. Um, and you become in tune with uh, this healing energy uh, that is a um, form of chi, of life force that we are given at birth. And so what I'm doing in our sessions is I'm channeling uh, life force 
in a very intentional way. And I'm telling your body through touch that it is safe to feel Mm. and that it is safe to heal. The world we live in is, it is beautiful and it is also a very dark place. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of chaos and there's a lot of war on small and, and large levels. And it's very difficult to feel, feel safe um, in day-to-day life. And so carving out that time, um, like the time you and I have, with someone that is there solely to let your body feel safe mm-hmm. um, is, is pretty fundamental to, um, to any form of growth or, or healing. Um, and, and one other thing I wanted to say about that was uh, Reiki, the still work that we do, where it's um, simply just channeling that life force um, towards your body in a specific place. I will pick those places based off of my knowledge of the chakras, uh, C-H-A-K-R-A. A lot of people call them chakras, but technically yeah. in Sanskrit, they're pronounced chakras. And that's where our body, our mind, and our spirit meet um, in seven main centers running along our spinal column pertaining to particular aspects of the human experience. So um, I'm really trying to simplify this. As simple as, as possible, we have these seven main energy centers. The first one is at the base of the spine and it's called the root chakra. And that has to do solely with our physical sense of safety um, and security and feeling connected to the earth, feeling a part of the earth. The one above that is uh, called the Shvadhisthana chakra, the sacral chakra. And that begins to deal with feelings of um, connection to the world around us. Um, Above that has to do with our connection to our sense of self and our willpower. And each of these seven energy centers, as we progress up the spinal column, here's the tailbone, here's uh, the skull. As we progress up the spinal column, the energy centers begin to deal with more subtle and material aspects of our being until we work our way up to the mind where thought is. And thought is totally invisible, totally immaterial. Above thought, above the mind is the divine, is our connection to that which is beyond our understanding. Again, the physical body being a living metaphor for our spirit. So when we're talking and checking at the beginning of a session, you're telling me the things that are going on, I'm thinking, I'm thinking in terms of chakras, where, where are we going to work today? Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of times, a lot of uh, clients I have, the work is a lot around the sacral, around the lower abdomen, the belly, because that's relationships. And relationships are hard. They're so fucking hard. Relationships are hard. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am 
where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm going to change the narrative. They're hard, but they don't. This healing work helps to navigate relationships even. It's been crazy what it's changing in my life. Well, because that, uh, the body is the boundary between self and other, right? Our body shows us where we end and where other people begin. And so much of the confusion in relationships, I know in my own life, have to do with what was my doing in the conflict and what was their doing in this conflict? Totally. How can I take responsibility to help healing on this relational level? Mm-hmm. Um, so understanding where our bodies are at in time and space and their healing journey is a prerequisite for having any form of health in relationships, whether that's friendships, romantic or family mm-hmm. or work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Full circle back to the original question was, what are you doing when you're when you're uh, doing that still work in these particular parts of the body? Why do I feel the energetic block? Why do I feel this energetic release by just lying there? And the answer to that is um, is is Reiki. Is that uh, channeling divine life energy towards that particular part of your body that is storing trauma from either relational or mental or uh, familial um, uh, trauma in the past. And it's allowing it to be accepted. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, simply that, um, simply that, that in the acceptance is the change. Yes. And that's counterintuitive to what uh, we're told by culture. Yes. I went to a convention this weekend and we were doing an exercise and it was kind of a similar thing to what you asked me with, where do I feel that like in my body? 
And I'm, I'm very able to, because of the work I've been doing with you, I can pretty quickly get there now. Like I can see what's happening. And so I'd started to tell them my little group. And then um, they were asking me questions around that. And it was so interesting because what you just said just made me think of this. I just I started sobbing. And then they were kind of asking me what else I need. And I said, I actually don't think I need anything. It just wanted to be acknowledged. Like my body just wanted me to know I was holding something there. And then once I acknowledged it, it almost released. It was interesting. Um, but I do think, and I, I feel like this is how I was, you know, or have lived most of my life is being so out of touch what's happening in my body. Like when I was listening to you talk about the chakras, you've taught me how important that flow of energy up and down my body is. And some of the work we have done has been around my root where it's, it can't flow out. Like I just get super stuck there and that's very relational or, um, my foundation, you know, like you, it's, it hasn't been secure. And so my body is clenching and just holding, holding the energy in because I'm scared to release it. But when I release it, the flow of my life, the way that I can show up in relationship, the way I can show up in anything in my life is completely different. Yes. So if you're listening and you're kind of like, this all sounds really woo woo. I just would say, like, don't try to understand even what we're saying. Just go lay on the table and try it because you can't almost put words to this kind of work. You have to feel it, which is kind of the point, right? Exactly. Right. And I just want to emphasize, too, something we talked about earlier, which is that um, we want to analyze our problems and our discomfort and our pain because we want to control it. Right. Right. And analyzing is a totally different mental faculty than experiencing. Mm. And experiencing is accepting. And accepting is changing. So all truth, or the greatest truths in life are paradoxical. They're, they're a paradox because what we resist will persist. Ugh, yes. Yes. And the only way that we can resist our pain is by thinking. And the only way we can accept our pain in order to heal it is by feeling it. Mm. And it is really that simple and that complicated. Right. <laughs> I just want to say to people, get on the fucking table. Just do it. <laughs> on the table. It's time to start accepting. Just, yeah, just accept it. You'll feel so much better and lighter and freer. I actually, I asked you before the podcast how you wanted people to reach you if they were interested in a session. And I'm like, oh, do I want to give people his, his information? Because <laughs> I'm scared they'll get too busy. But, um, but I do want to because especially if you're in Nashville, Trey's work has truly changed my life and is continuing to change my life. And um, really get me to a place of where I am able to access certain parts of myself that I didn't even know existed. Um, and also my practice through the day has changed completely because of my awareness that you've taught me about my own body. So like I said earlier, I, w I went to that convention this weekend and I can't wait for our session this week, Trey, because I can't wait to tell you about it because so much of what you've taught me, I know, so much of what you taught me, I was finally able to see the growth that's been happening. Like I couldn't really 
see it, although everyone around me was telling me that, but it really brought it out. So tell people where they can find you. Just don't take them away from me. <laughs> I, I practice um, no social media presence. So all I love of that. contact is simply through email and I do word of mouth and now um, uh, advertising through this podcast. So you can contact me by email at rootedhealingarts at gmail.com. That's R-O-O-T-E-D healingarts at gmail.com. And I would love to help you accept yourself as you are. Yes. I'll put the I'll put his email in the description too if you guys want to reach out. Um, just tell him you heard about him on the Velvet's Edge podcast and um, just do the work, y'all. It is so rewarding and it's the most peace I've felt in my body in a really long time. So, Trey, thank you so much. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you for being here. I'll see you on Friday. I can't wait. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for listening to the Velvet's Edge podcast with Kelly Henderson, where we believe everyone has a little velvet and a little edge. Subscribe for more conversations on life, style, beauty, and relationships. Search Velvet's Edge wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Claim comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.